1: It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commanders beat
0: reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command, Craig Hoffman with you and joining me in studio here at Odyssey DC Sports HQ Building Center official Send name. up the bat signal. It's Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch. Michael is here because uh, he was he was doing something around the corner, and we were going to do this over the phone slash Let's over go. our traditional recording platform, and we're like, hey, you want to just you want to sit across from each other and talk? Uh, and Michael is here because Logan is at tight end U down in Florida, which is very cool. Very excited to hear about that and the stories he's got gonna come home with next week. Logan and I did, however, record something earlier in the week that is very fun. Obviously, Michael and I get to talk about the not fun stuff. We get to talk about (laughs) the congressional hearing. Although, admittedly, Michael, there is some fun stuff in there.
1: We're going to find a gem or two. I'm excited to hear about Tight End You? That's, I mean, that's good stuff.
0: Sounds like a story you could write. That's the story. Maybe a little plug for the podcast. We need somewhere to get down to
1: tight end. You next year, yeah, right, the, it, on location.
0: I just meant interviewing Logan. That way we could plug the podcast. But you know, if you want, to, you want to go down there yourself, do it your way. <laughs> you know, have fun. Uh, but Logan and I uh, drafted a team of NFCE skill position players, and we did it like those things that you see on uh, on Instagram and on, on Twitter, where it's like you got ten dollars. Here's the four dollar players. So first we had to argue about who was, who goes where. We actually had a fair amount of agreement on that. Sure. And then we drafted our teams. I like my team better than his. He likes his team better than mine, which I think that's that's content, Michael. That's
1: good radio. Um that's is it legends or current players?
0: Uh no, it's just uh it's just current players. So yeah. it's is, is literally the current NFC. like what's the best team you can build under our made-up salary cap with our made-up contracts in the very real NFCs. I'm a, I'm going to listen to that. I will listen to that. Right. It's coming up after this. Once I put this out, Uh, by the way, uh, we, we got graphics for it and everything. Uh, Those will be up on a brand new Twitter feed for me uh, at Hoffman show, because the Hoffman show is now a thing. Uh, I think we, we announced this later in the podcast because we recorded that earlier in the week and that's how time works. Uh, But as of three 30 today, we'll have announced this, uh, on air, so so everyone will know. But I am taking over afternoons, uh, three to six, on the team 980, which is very exciting. Ah. And uh, we will, I still will be doing this podcast, so that is also very exciting. Uh, and we, we're figuring out how the two will mix, both in my own personal schedule and uh, in terms of content. But very excited for that. Uh, so I will put on Twitter at Hoffman Show the graphic, and so you can make your own team. And Logan and I will take a look at some of the teams that fans make and listeners make on Monday show. Uh, and then, of course, we'll post them up on Instagram as well. Okay, congrats. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I will accept that before going. Okay, time to <laughs> time to do this. Roger Goodell goes virtually to Congress yesterday, and I think what emer- like when what I came out of that with, was a big giant question of. What is legal and what is not? And I actually have a my mother-in-law or my future mother-in-law uh, getting married in two months, so future mother-in-law still. How are you congratulating uh, that. You don't get two congratulations on yeah, one true. show. Don't Good, push your thank, luck. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so I, I was talking to her about it because um, she's a lawyer, and what I came to understand after watching the hearing and then talking to her is timelines are going to become very important here as this investigation continues. Obviously, the hearing yesterday, there are some headlines, but I think what was more... What's a bigger deal is the research and investigation, I guess, findings that came out that morning. And obviously, Will Hobson's story that came out the night before. And hearing about some of the things that are witness intimidation, potentially, and, and you know, obstruction of justice as there is a congressional investigation happening at some point, it starts. And if some of these things are ongoing during that, did Dan Snyder, in an attempt to cover up what he says were not crimes because he didn't do them, subject himself to crimes and a couple of key takeaways from that one if it was just attempts to uh, interfere with the Wilkinson investigation there's no criminality there because it's a private investigation it's stupid they're paying Wilkinson to do the investigation and then out of the another pocket paying another law firm and private investigators to interfere in said investigation so it is very dumb however it is not criminal unless they interfere with the congressional investigation in which case yeah that's a federal crime that'd be bad news for Snyder The other thing to remember too is, you know, Snyder's sitting there, you know, trying to keep some distance by using lawyers, using private investigators and you cannot have a lawyer do something for you that you cannot do yourself. That does not get you out of the criminality. So I'm just I'm putting that out there to you, Michael. Yeah. As you took in everything that happened, like what were your, some of your takeaways and your reaction to that part of it?
1: Sure. So the team's version of event, this sorry, the Snyder version of events here is pretty simple. Right. Bad things happened. I found out about those bad things. I fixed them, and now good things happen, or at least better things. Right. Um. And, and so, sure, you know, you take that at face value. What the two things we learned yesterday uh, that were interesting to me happened after. The good things portion of that timeline. So after the Wilkinson investigation begins, when Jason Wright has taken charge, has reformed the building, that's when we have, uh, you know, what you mentioned. They send the private investigators to the cheerleaders house. Um, There were two things that Roger Goodell did not have Dan's back on yesterday. And one was that. Roger, you know, was it no, we told him not to use private investigators. He wasn't he wasn't going mm-hmm. to bat there at all. And number 2 was Dan didn't tell me about the 2009 settlement. Never came clean about that. Yeah. Now, neither of the, you know, you mentioned the potential criminality in the, in the congressional thing, I think bo- I view both of those as you know, violations of league policy as opposed to violations of law. It's just more things they're kind of tired about having to answer for, though.
0: Right, and so 2007 is when Goodell takes over. They revamp the uh, personal conduct policy and they create this higher standard, which on our emergency pod on Tuesday, I talked about with Andrew Brandt because for 10 years as an executive for the Packers, he was subject to it. And yep. it's this this, you know, higher than criminal conduct, you know, kind of idea that if you do something that's bad, uh, and it's vague on purpose. Yeah, that that you could be subject to penalty under the the conduct policy. I think the other interesting thing about the 2009 accusation and why the, the Goodell admission or revelation that he didn't know about it is so important is league policy says if there's a sexual assault investigation, it's supposed to be handled by the league, not by the teams. Yep. And not only was, even within the context of that investigation, David Donovan and, and that was, I mean— it's bad for so many reasons, and Will Hobson uh, did a good job talking to experts in the field uh, to explain why that was so bad in his piece in the Washington Post, um, but it also did not follow league policy. And so I don't know how, like, statutes of limitation work within the NFL league office, but, like, if I'm Roger Goodell, um, even even if nothing happened, right, even if that was $1.6 million settlement uh, over – because the insurance company said so. And if you're Dan Snyder and you're worth billions, $1.6 million really isn't that much. I'm still pretty Still violates the rules. And, and, And it's, it's absolutely not how that was supposed to be handled.
1: It's not how that was supposed to be handled. You know, the, the other part of it that, that rang hollow to me was Roger Goodell continuing to insist, no, we fined him $10 million. He's been sufficiently punished. I, I just don't see in the mounting face of all this evidence how you could possibly consider that to be an appropriate punishment for what happened.
0: And I think that's the biggest takeaway that most people have from yesterday. And by the way, where the biggest disagreement is between Goodell and the committee, because I look, was it a political dog and pony show in a lot of aspects? Yes, we know it. Would be. I think I think the the purpose of this committee is proven and why it's a good idea by all of the investigative work that they've done. That's uncovered so much uh, that the NFL investigation, including Beth Wilkinson's, um, did not, including a new sexual assault allegation against Daniel Snyder. But I think where Goodell accepts some of that and is willing to play along ends at the idea that he thinks he's punished Dan Snyder and that there has been accountability and clearly. Uh, The members of the committee, specifically most of the Democrats on the committee, uh, as well as many of the women who participated in both congressional and Wilkinson investigations do not agree with that. And if you're Goodell, like he's put himself in this box. So it's not like I have sympathy for him, but I understand the box that he's in. and What's he supposed to do? Be like... Yeah, we should probably punish him more. Then you get into double jeopardy kind of stuff. And and that's why I think some of these newer things. Right. And I think that's why some of these newer revelations that could open him to more punishment and specifically, obviously, the Mary Jo White investigation are so important moving forward.
1: It's, you know, to to take just a broad 10,000 foot view of this, like, you know everything now is in the lens of will he be made to sell the team will he have to give up the team i don't believe congress has the power to compel him to give up the team uh i don't believe they would anyway um they're barely going to be able to make him testify um the the only people at this point i don't think he's walking away voluntarily i think we both agree on that
0: yeah no he's he would have to be voted the, out
1: i i think the only path to being voted out is 24 owners say we're tired of this and i just think that you know America is is tired of this. We're tired of talking about, you know, every... There's just new revelation and drip, 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 drip. Now, with... I think the other owners are very skittish to do that and very afraid to do that. But I, I think certainly we're trending towards the territory of they may have to protect their investment at some point. And this being in the news every day is bad for their investment.
0: So that was something that Andrew said on Tuesday. That I thought was fascinating because, like, when you were on on Monday, we talked about this. That and this is I've generally been with you on this. Um, in that the financial stuff is what could get him. Yes. That if that's if, what the
1: owners care about most deeply.
0: Right. And there's the mafia mentality of like you do whatever you want, but don't mess with our money, Yeah. right? But what Andrew said, what was interesting is the money that he messed with, like the allegations of the cookbook specifically, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's really not that much to them. And like, yes, it's bad. And principally, they could get upset because they mess with the money. But it's like, ah, for, for the rest of us, it's like, you stole 10 cents from me. And that's really not going to bother them that much. But this continual negativity that is hanging around this franchise, bringing the league down that is also costing them money and it feels like to him that could become the bigger threat if that negativity keeps on pulling on their necks
1: these guys are not on primetime games anymore they didn't get picked for thanksgiving this year they didn't get a broadcast thursday night game last year they were one of those early season like get them out of the way on nfl network cable <laughs> right. games they're they're not a marquee franchise in any way they're not a, they're not moving jerseys they're not moving tickets they're not moving eyeballs and that That's bad for the whole operation because the NFC East has to be your number one driver of value. You've got these just incredibly high value teams, Giants, Eagles. Cowboys the nation's biggest markets the nation's you know biggest fan bases certainly in the Cowboys the America's team anytime they step on the field it needs to be a potential 430 kickoff it needs to be a potential Monday night Sunday night game and when those teams step on the field against Washington now it's a Sunday at one o'clock game it diminishes the inventory uh, of interesting football
0: right right not to mention you're driving fans away. um, All all the other ways in which that hurts you, but that's such a great point. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, did you think anything based off of, and it's hard to separate the hearing and the the memo slash the testimony, which sure. I know you've been uh, going through line by line. Um, but, so I'll just ask it this way. Did anything change yesterday? Did the calculus for anybody with power change yesterday
1: well i, I think that certainly there you know, the issue of the subpoena is relevant and that if he ducks the subpoena for four months which i think he will i think it's just it's four months of us talking about the subpoena and you know when's he going to go in and when's he going to testify now if i were dan snyder's advisors if i were on the boat in, in france right now i would be yelling at him you don't go testify like, we're mm. keeping you on this boat. We're locking you up in the boat until until the elections in November. You're not going out there to testify. They're just it's not going to end well for him. But that's four months of us talking about if he's going to testify or not. Um, I, You know, it's always the little stuff. Um, I think the cheerleader uh, story about, you know, them sending private investigators to their homes. Like it's stuff like that that. That, that people hear that and it resonates with them way more so than kind of broad, broad brush situations. The the sour milk thing. I mean, let's just call yeah. this what it is. Like, that's the stuff people remember. And that's the stuff that colors people's view of Dan Snyder.
0: And that's what I think that, you know, when they release all of these uh, these indict or not indictments, they release all of these depositions. Yes. Got to get my legal terms straight mother-in-law would not be happy these
1: are this is testimony this is under oath testimony
0: right right. yeah and so they release all these and are stories in there and to your point stories are what resonate and they've been able to tell this story about dan snyder and snyder has absolutely no credibility when he tries to tell an alternate narrative and it sounds so and i think this is why people got so frustrated people who don't regularly watch congressional hearings which is everybody uh (laughs) For a reason. Right. For a reason. We saw that reason yesterday. It gets so frustrated is both questions from both sides and, you know, whether one side had a more valid reasoning or the other is like a separate show, different debate, but like it's the talking points, right? It is so they they can have the clip to be like, I grilled Dan Snyder and and all of that happens. um, And then all of a sudden Snyder's statement comes out and it sounds exactly like what the Republicans were saying. And it's like, really? Like you can't, you can't be human. Um, and, and, you know, to to the counter of that, like uh, Debbie Katz and, and that law firm, Elisa Banks, that law firm who's representing all of these women, their statement comes out and it sounds pretty similar to what the, the Democrats are saying. And so ultimately what it comes down to and this is this is both micro in this story and macro in politics is like who tells the better story? And it seems to me. In part, because nobody likes Dan and nobody wants to listen to him and really everyone kind of hates him that side is telling the better story and and the question is how does that impact other owners how does that impact sponsors how does that impact the type of people and the entities that have power to actually make a change at the top of this franchise.
1: Well, and that's part of why he's trading on Jason Wright's name right now, too, because Jason Wright has a better reputation, has a better, you know, that's why Jason Wright's out in front as the face of the change of the organization and not Dan, because that's that's more plausible, that's more believable. I, I don't want to discount what Jason Wright has done. He's done some very good things over there, to be sure. But it remains Dan at the top of the organization for now. And, you know, we're at the point, we've reached the point in this, where you have to say either he's in or he's out like there's there's no half measures left that would satisfy the out crowd there's i don't think even some kind of like double secret it's tanya's team now thing i just don't know that that would ultimately satiate these people um i i think it's a full in or out you you know everybody's heard the evidence and i'll I'll say to your point about depositions um i think that dan snyder had if he had showed up, may have had an easier time than now submitting to, you know, something behind closed doors where they're going to actually ask him questions instead of grandstanding.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't yeah. think
1: I didn't think that ahead of time. I thought there's no way you could you can have that guy go. But after watching Goodell, I mean Goodell only had to take ten hard questions in the span of that two and a half hours.
0: Right. And I don't I think Goodell probably gets sympathy because people see some of the political theater crap that happens and they're like because there were times there were good questions asked that he wasn't allowed to answer. And, and you know, I I got reclaimed reclaim my time. And look, I, I don't want to dive. I guess it's better to do this on a podcast than the radio. Uh, so I'll do this on a podcast to get a little deeper. And this is, again, this, this is diving into the politics, but not into in a partisan way. This is just the reality of like how how these hearings work. Both right?
1: sides were creating theater.
0: Right. No question. But it's also a matter of. You have members of the House Oversight Committee that are also a member of another committee. And these meetings happen at the same time. These hearings happen at the same time. Katie Porter, for instance, is one of the most recognizable and powerful members of the House Oversight Committee. She's not even there yesterday. Um, you have other members that even said at point, Sorry, I'm just getting here. I, whoever, you had one of the members came yeah. in at the very end, and, yep. like, and the, the chairwoman was like, Hey, uh, we're done because I got to go vote. And she gavels closed and goes, I hope I'll make the vote. But because of that, you don't have a coherent narrative. Like as journalists, as people who would love nothing more when we have something to really dive in on, to sit down one-on-one and be like, I will ask questions, I will listen, yeah. I will respond, I will ask follow-ups. And, and that kind of sequence of questioning, these members who don't have an elevated, ex- member, or, uh, elevated amount of expertise in this particular era, area anyway coming in, have their staff work on it, They certainly have principled matters to which they are trying to get answers for, but... They might not even be hearing the first part of the hearing to ask a follow-up if they're later in the questioning. So you wind up getting the same questions over and over again. And you wind up, by the way, sometimes getting the same questions asked without Goodell Goodell having the ability to answer. Yes or no? Well, it's a little more complicated than that. Answer the question. And it's like, we did this 10 minutes ago. And I think it falls really flat if if you were watching the entire hearing. And it winds up being a very frustrating thing, which in some way benefits Goodell because he winds up getting sympathy yep. and empathy, whereas what you're saying is Snyder's not going to have that. Snyder's going to be behind yes, closed doors, and those five-minute rules don't exist there.
1: Yep. And, you know, if you're a Senate or a congressman, too, learn learn what's going on, because the the, the person who is pressing him on, why don't you get rid of Dan Snyder? Why won't you commit right. to, to firing Dan Snyder? Learn. Learn. Just right. find somebody— Find somebody, anybody who like I have five minutes with Roger Goodell, give me some questions to ask him that will that will reveal some things. Like right. it, but,
0: but even changing that question, will you commit to you know w- working with owners to taking, taking a vote? Yeah, will you commit, will you commit to taking commit to to vote? a vote? Right. You just don't have the, the idea. Which is why, by the way, not that I think there's a I mean, who knows? There are certainly Congress people that are giant football fans, maybe Commanders fans, maybe they do listen to this podcast. Uh Rep Raskin, if you're listening. Uh, Representative Connolly, uh, who did tweet tweet uh, retweet me yesterday, so hey. that was fun. Uh, maybe he's listening, right? What I would do in this situation, if there are more hearings, if it's Snyder, if whoever, is like find out who is on it. Like Jamie Raskin, super on it. I, there was one of the Republicans who I actually thought asked good questions. Yes. He objected to being there but He's like, since we're here, tell me more about these accountability measures that the this law firm that you hired uh, is doing post you know post sanctions. That's a great and, point. You can be against it and still ask a good question, right? And so. Each team pick a captain, so to speak, and, like, cede your time to them. Let someone actually ask a coherent line of questions down the road instead of whatever that was yesterday. That's a political thing, but, like, that would have been a lot more helpful than what we got yesterday. Okay, let's end on a laugh. Actually, sorry, I have one more thing before ending on a laugh. (laughs) Let's
1: get depressed again, then.
0: the, The Snyder... Snyder's slash Jason Wright letter and Ron mm-hmm. Rivera's statement last yes. night. What'd you make of it?
1: Well, I you know, Rivera has cast his lot with Dan. And I, I mean, we've seen so many cycles of this, which is, hey, you know, dan has changed dan has empowered me and then three years later or in the case of la famina like four days later the the falling of that cycle of dan has turned on me i'm leaving in disgrace now and you know jason and ron are clearly still in the early stages of that cycle and it's a little bit of charlie brown kicking the football like they want to believe that they they know dan in a way these other people did not they will be empowered to do things these other people were not um we've seen so many cycles though it's hard to have any gear other than cynical when it relates to that
0: yes i agree um I mean, I remember interviewing Brian extended time when he got there and he felt like he had it until the second that he didn't. Yeah. And I mean, I think he saw warning signs early. So I shouldn't say maybe the second that he did it, but he knew it was an uphill battle going in. And I just don't think he realized the the steepness of the hill. And I think Ron's probably on that path right now. Jason, maybe, um, I don't know him as well. And I've, I have my questions about, you know, the way that some of the things have been handled, Sean Taylor, et cetera, of like, does he really understand the job that he's supposed to be doing there? Um, but like, I think the ultimate example of this, and not that this guy's a hero, can't stand him, but if Dan can turn on Bruce Allen, he'll turn on anyone. Bruce was like, the guy. Dan Dan, and Bruce were thick as thieves for a decade. Yeah. And then he was like, I need a scapegoat. and Bruce, you're the guy. Yeah. And, and so I, I, the other thing I'll say is this, to the argument that Dan's got to go. Um, until Dan's gone, anybody who works for the commanders is someone who will work for Dan Snyder. And uh, I'm just gonna leave that there. I think that is uh, there. You go. That is, that is self-explanatory. All right. Now we end on a laugh. What's your favorite anecdote? You've gone through all these depositions. There's been some really funny, witty lines. There's been some incredible stories. Some of them are very serious and depressing. There's also some funny ones. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your favorite anecdote oh. from? the depositions. All
1: right, it's a serious topic, but the private investigators who visited the cheerleaders there was um there was a little bit where the cheerleader was like explaining and you know, he he gave me a business card and they said describe the business card and it was well, it had his name and then below like it was done on a computer and you could tell because below that where it said write something about your business here, he just left that and the business card said his name and then below that write something about your business here.
0: <laughs> Again, if you're doing work for Dan Snyder, you're the type of person who would work for Dan Snyder. My my favorite the sour the spilled milk one the sour milk one's getting a lot of attention. Sure. It is one of my favorites, it's but great. I do think my favorite is the one that you sent me uh, from Brian LaFamina's <laughs> deposition. Yeah, yeah. Actually, let me yeah, let me pull up. Oh yeah, the uh, the actual thing. Don't. Essentially, he was asked. <laughs> What, like, it, they're, when they're, you took they're, the they're,
1: job. Yeah, they're asking him about taking the job, and like, he's talking about how he knows there's a big challenge.
0: There. Right. So, with respect to running a business the right way as it relates to the Washington Commanders, prior to joining, did you believe that they were in fact doing so? Brian, I thought there was room for improvement. <laughs> An all time answer. <laughs> Michael, thanks for doing this. Hey, good talking with you. Craig. I promise that we will do football soon. Yeah. If. God forbid this godforsaken organization allows us to do football soon.
1: Ten and seven. You heard it here first. Let's see it.